This portion of the Cliff Notes podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, John Anderson Insurance, Meyerhofer Funeral Home and Crematory, Miljavik Electric, Musser Construction in Gower, Greg Kastner, Voice of the Bishop LeBlanc Golden Eagles and the St. Joseph Mustangs, Brenton Angie Lawson, Amber and Travis DeBoard, Jason and Mary Watkins, Matt and Jenny Busby, Brian and Rebecca Viertaler, Fruit and Thought Primary Care, Michelle Cook Group, Russell Book and Bookball 365, James L. Griffin Law Firm LLC in Maysville, Toby Prusman of Premier Land Sales, Hicks and Klein Funeral Home of Gower, KT Logistics LLC, Janelle Glidewell of Lightstar Financial, and BTs in Embroidery. Thank you guys so much for your contribution to the Cliff Notes Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first Friday night football pre post-game show of the season. We are um, wrapped up with week one of the high school football season. Better late than never as about 95% of these games were pushed back to 8 p.m. tonight. So we are officially wrapped up. We are officially done with week one of the high school football season. So with me right now to help break down the game that we were at tonight is from the Grand River Conference, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Jeremy, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be here. So Jeremy and I actually um, took the long trip about an hour and almost 30 minutes to Grant City tonight for the Cliff Notes podcast game of the week as well as the Missouri 8-man football game of the week as number four Platte Valley visited number one Worth County. And i tell you what, what a game it was. So, um, Jeremy, just uh, before we actually break down quarter by quarter, um, just give me your thoughts overall on the game. Um, well, it was a great game. It was, you know, one, as you said, it was the uh, uh, Missouri 8-man game of the week. It was number four versus number one. Um, it was the GRC uh, game of, of the week, you know, it was, it was featured on, on my podcast as, as well. Um, so, you know, it, it was a game that, um, a lot of anticipation, you know, I, some said they thought Worth County was maybe a step ahead. Uh, them and Archie were probably a step above, uh, but by some, I mean, Devin Albertson, when I talked to him on my podcast earlier this week, uh, but, uh, you know, I, Platte Valley may have seen a little disrespect. You know, they had some big games last year, and they just fell short, uh, especially when they uh, played against Albany. Um, and I think they were they were ready for this game, and um, and they made the big plays, and and I think um, maybe made made less mistakes than uh, than Worth County did, um, and, and they really stepped it up when they needed to. So let's talk about this um, first quarters and. Um... You know, first quarter, um, first quarter, Worth County really started, um, really started fast. Um, second play from scrimmage, um, Tyler New on a thirty-yard touchdown run, and just, we, I mean, we'll talk about just the playmaking ability of Tyler New throughout the year. I mean, the kid's just a workhorse. Thirty-yard touchdown run, um, able to pass it to um, Grant McIntyre for the two-point conversion there, eight nothing Worth County, and then this game just started becoming a little bit of a chess match, a little bit of a feeling out process. Um, both teams made multiple stops on fourth down. A lot of defense and penalties in the first quarter. So, Jeremy, just give me your thoughts on the first quarter. Well, yeah, the um, Platte Valley uh, stopped Worth, Worth County on a fourth. And I, I 
I don't even know if it was inches. It may have been centimeters. Uh, when Worth County was driving to go up possibly uh, two touchdowns. Uh, and then on the other end, um, Platte Valley actually uh, got in the end zone twice, both times. Two consecutive plays were called back on penalties. Uh, Worth County was able to stop them at the two-yard line. Uh, so really after that uh touchdown by Tyler New on the second play of the game. That was all the scoring that happened in that first quarter. So let's talk about the second quarter. This was a complete different little scenario there in the second quarter. A lot of scoring happened in this quarter. So New to McIntyre again. I mean, this is going to be a combination uh, quarterback-receiver combination that's going to be deadly throughout the season. Makes it 14-0 Worth County. Um, how about uh, Mason Kastner for Platte Valley on a 35-yard touchdown run? Made it 14 to 8. Platte Valley, Platte, um, Platte Valley was able to go go within six there. So it was 14 to 8, Worth County. Uh, Platte Valley actually stopped Worth County on a fourth down in the quarter. Um, and then Aiden Blackford, an 18 yard touchdown pass to Brandon McQueen, makes it 16 to 14. But then um, Worth County, we, we thought maybe we we're going to grab a little momentum towards the end of the second quarter as Tyler knew again to Grant McIntyre, made it 20-16, to 16, Worth County. And that would be the score that we would go into half with. So, Jeremy, um, give me your thoughts on the second quarter. Well, Platte Valley, you know, after they got down 14-0, they, they started to get a little bit of momentum. Uh, and it looked like they were going to uh, have all the momentum going into the into halftime. Platte Valley was going to get the ball first in the second half. Uh, and it looked like they were going to go into halftime with the lead. Uh, but Worth County, they had a, they had a big play uh, up the middle, and I I um, thought you know they that uh, Platte Valley you know they might be able to stop them, but uh, it was another new to McIntyre. Eleven seconds left in the uh, in the first half, Worth County was able to take the lead, and so you know there was a lot more scoring in that second quarter. Uh, you know it started to look like uh, maybe the defenses were getting worn down a little bit uh, into that second quarter, and we'll talk about that more in the fourth quarter, but, uh, excuse me, in the third quarter, but uh, it started to look like maybe they were getting a little bit worn down there after they were really physical in that first quarter. So it was 20-16 to 16 at the end of the first half, but then um, really in the third quarter, more in the third quarter and into the second half, um, we talked about defense and penalties being the theme of the theme of the quarter in the third quarter and the fourth quarter uh, I thought a big theme of the second half was cramping and um with the hot weather that's been happening throughout the week and the hot weather tonight which was a big reason why all the games got pushed back to eight o'clock so we saw Tyler New miss um a few snaps missed about a drive in the third quarter due to some cramping um Elias Alarcon um, missed some time with some cramping. Um, Grant McIntyre went out for a few plays with some cramping as well. So um, cramping was a big issue, especially in the second half of this game. But another big issue in the in the second half was just Platte Valley just taking over the game. Aiden Blackford, um, 63-yard touchdown run, uh, gives Platte Valley their first lead of the game at 24-40. They did convert the two-point conversion on that, but then Worth County came back, took the lead right back. Tyler New on a 14-yard touchdown run, 28 to 14, Worth County. But then Platte Valley, um, Worth County, Platte Valley Energy ended up taking over, scoring twice in the th- in a row in the third quarter on a Mason Kastner 41-yard touchdown run, 32 to 28, 
Platt Valley takes back the lead. Um, and then Aiden Blackford, another touchdown run, a second of the quarter. Um, made it 38-28. Platt Valley, and that's where we would take the third quarter. So, Jeremy, just give me your thoughts on the third. Well, a couple things that uh, kind of struck me in, in that third quarter. We usually think of Worth County as a team that uh, can strike quick, and, and they did at the end of the, end of the second quarter. But um, Platte Valley struck quick. Now, uh, Platte Valley didn't strike quick with the passing game like what you can see with Worth County, but they struck quick with some long runs. Um, they scored within 30 seconds twice uh, in that uh, in that third quarter. You know, to start the quarter, they got the ball, and they and – they, they had a long run to uh, to score, and so they went up. Worth County uh, scored uh, midway through the third quarter, and then Platte Valley struck again just like that. Uh, so Worth County did not have much time with the lead. Uh, once Platte, once they got a lead again, Platte Valley just struck again. And then um, Platte Valley really control, started controlling the defense. Um, you know, you talked about a lot of the cramping, but uh, it could have had an impact on Worth County because what started happening, uh, I would say midway through that third quarter, uh, Platte Valley's defense really started taking over a lot of this game. Uh, what I noticed happened in the, uh, in the first half where Worth County was hitting the receivers, Worth County was probably getting a lot more runs, uh, especially to, to the, the interior and to the outside. Um, in the second half, it looked like Platte Valley was really shutting down the runs on the outside, uh, and they were really locking down on the receivers, and uh, New was overthrowing some receivers, and uh, they, they just were not hitting their stride, um, and, and I think Blackford was, he was doing a great job in the, in the uh, defensive backfield, uh, and so... It, it, you know, even though you know they were able to get a couple touchdowns uh, in the second half, uh, you know I felt that uh, Platte Valley's defense was really uh, a big key, in, especially in that third quarter. I really thought, you know, another key there. I mean, you talked about the defense, you know, being a key there. I thought really, I thought the Platte Valley offensive line, you know, and Coach Silkett, um when we get to our interview with him. Um, here later on, um, he talks about the offensive line being in progress. I thought the offensive line did a pretty outstanding job tonight, especially in the second half. I mean, Platte Valley was not able to run the ball as well as they were able to in the first half as they were able to run it in the second. You started seeing those five, six, seven-yard runs there from Kastner, from Blackford, um, among others there, just contributing to the running game. So let's go to the fourth quarter now. There was only um, one score in the fourth quarter, so you you talked about it. Um, you talked about it on your podcast, Jeremy. I mean, you talked about um, the defense is kind of um, being bogged down. I mean, there was a lot of scoring there in the second and third quarters there. So Worth County, I thought the theme for them in the fourth quarter was penalties and un at costly times, costly penalties and uncost at costly times. I mean. Getting to the, I think they got the ball to about the one or the two towards the beginning of the fourth quarter, but then um, they got the ball there. A um, couple penalties kind of set them back. Tyler New goes to throw a pass, gets intercepted by Brandon McQueen, and this is where we start seeing um, a little bit of the running of the clock. You start seeing those five, six, seven yard runs by Platte Valley started chipping away at the clock. I think they took away pretty close to about. Five minutes off the clock there in that fourth quarter there. But then Plavalli on a on a on a on a run fumbles the ball, 
Worth County gets the ball back. And, um, you know, you just mentioned it just a few minutes ago. You know, Worth County, you give this team just a slither of hope. I mean, this is a team that can strike quick. I mean, this is one of the one of the more fast-paced offenses in eight-man football. But Worth County on the back of Tyler New was able to get the ball once again to the goal line. Um, penalties came back to kind of rear their ugly head a little bit, but they were able to punch it in um, with a Landon – is it Landon Wilmus? Yes, Wilmus. Yeah, Landon Wilmus. Yep, Landon Wilmus on a um, on a touchdown run, 38-34. Um, onside kick attempt fails. Um, Platt Valley was able to run down the clock, and there it is. One of your first big upsets of – I wouldn't really call this an upset. I think the I think Ply Valley is a tremendous team. Even if they would have lost this game tonight, I thought Ply Valley is still a tremendous Missouri A-man football team. But a big win for Ply Valley. Huge early season win, statement win. 38-34, number four Ply Valley over number one Worth County. Just um, big-time win there for Ply Valley. And we're actually got some post-game interviews that we're actually going to get to here in just a few minutes, and we're actually going to start that off by hearing from both seniors, Aiden Blackford and Brandon McQueen. So, um, for you both, obviously, you know, this is early season week one. I mean, this is about as good of a week one win as you can get. So, just uh, talk about, just give your thoughts on um, tonight's big win. It was difficult. I mean, Worth County is definitely a really, really good team, but we came out here and fought. I mean, we were, we got tired. We really did, but we fought through that. We still made a lot of mistakes, so we still got to get better. But it's nice to come out with the win, especially against that caliber team. Yeah, especially in week one, this game is going to give us a ton of confidence for the rest of the regular season. So it's a super important game. Brandon, I'll ask you, you know, obviously, you know, one of the big keys there in that fourth quarter was your interception there in the end zone. Just tell me what you were seeing on that on that INT. Just trusting myself and uh, trusting my coverage and. I just got to put my hat to the good coaching, I guess. So, <laughs> so in that um, second half there, you guys really felt like you were really physical there and got, got the ball running there. How do you guys – what was the kind of adjustment there? Uh, I mean, first half was definitely tough. I mean, we, yeah. we got down 14 points, I think. But our system, we use power. We wear teams down. We started noticing that. And in the first half, to get some points, we had to spread it out a little bit. In the second half, we noticed they got really tired, started cramping up and stuff, so we used power to our advantage because that's what we're known for. Our O-line fought that whole game. Yes, they did great. And, I mean, getting two new guys in there from last year, that's that's a big improvement. How much of a confidence boost is this for you guys um, heading into the rest of your schedule? I don't know if you can put words on it. This is awesome. Worth County beat us last year in districts, so we really wanted this one. And with them being number one in preseason pulls, we just want to go out there, prove people wrong, and make sure our name stays up. So definitely a huge thank you to Aiden Blackford and Brandon McQueen for joining uh, uh, joining us um, after the game to talk the big-time game. Let's go ahead and let's shift our conversation now with Platte Valley head coach Johnny Silkett after tonight's big win over Worth County. Coach Silkett, probably about as good of a um, week one win as you can probably get. You know, um, two top four teams in the in the in Missouri eight man football beat the number one team. Just um, give me your thoughts. Uh, I'm proud of our boys. I mean, I didn't know for sure what to expect. I'm sure they didn't know what to expect either. In, in the first game, with we both have replaced a lot of great players. I mean, both of our teams were really good last year. Uh, we didn't know for sure how he's going to respond. I didn't know we were we had some depth, but I didn't know how fast they grow. We had kids growing 
first quarter to second quarter. We had kids starting to do responsibilities they hadn't quite shown in practice. They started to, they started in the game, started to come through, and it really started to gel as a team defensively, especially defensively. Offensively, uh, we have more options than we've had in the past. Not, it's not uh, just give it to Carter Luke, but we've we've got we can pass a little bit, and then we can also we can pound the ball a little bit. Worth County started fast there, especially in that first quarter, going up fourteen to nothing. Just um, what were some of the adjustments that you were that you were able to make? What were those some of those key adjustments you were to make after being down fourteen? It was just, it was just basically what I talked about earlier about the personnel doing. It wasn't different. It was just doing the jobs we assigned them and getting them to really understand they had to come up and make those tackles on the edges. Uh, we had to uh, we had to stick that line. We had to stick that. We had to basically our defensive front had to fire off better. We had to hold our contain better on and mug those defensive ends better. We, we had to do some little things better. And then offensively, we, we had to find a rhythm. Uh, and we've started to find a rhythm. In the second half, even, we started to, we had about four subs running in and out between offensive line and ends, and, that, and we weren't dropping off. And that, that, to me, was amazing. Talk about that running game, especially in the second half. It seemed like in the second half you guys were picking up six, seven-yard runs. They're yeah. kind of wearing them down a little bit there in the second half. Just talk about um, your running backs and your offensive line, how that was able to work. Yeah, offensive line had hits and misses tonight. We we got better as the game went along. The big boys started started leaning pretty heavy. Uh, but we have two good fullbacks, and, and Jaden Sturm and, and Lee Leonardo, that kept on pounding the ball inside, and also Lee blocking really hard. And then our two tailbacks – um, you know, Mason Kastner is our lightning. He's a, he's a speed. He got around that edge, and he was great. And Hayden Ferry's the hammer. And he, he really does a great job of finding that seam, lowering his shoulder, and driving his legs and getting everything he can. And that second half, that was important. Can you just talk about Aiden and his sort of development up to this point now, being kind of a senior leader on yeah. this team? Uh, Aiden, uh, there's not enough said about him. He's a field general. He truly is a field general. He's a great player. He had great runs tonight. He had some amazing passes down the field that got kind of got us going in that first quarter. Kind of got our offense moving a little bit uh, to, to Lane Acklin, who, who just joined us as a senior this year. It was amazing. Uh, but Aiden, what he brings to you is what you saw in the fourth quarter is, is, is game clock control, bringing that game clock down to the last few seconds before making the snap. Uh, making those audible decisions, the right ones on the line blocking schemes, uh, calling the even the, even our passing system, how to get the line in the right space. So he does a lot of things for us on the field that we don't have to be yelling on the sidelines for. How how big how big of a how big of a win is this? Does this rank up there for you? I, I don't know. It's for a, it's it's the best season one win, <laughs> game one win we've ever had in our in our in our Platte Valley three years history. Um, it, it does. It does have. We just found out that today that it does have district implications. I mean, we are in districts of, with Worth County, so it does have. It does help us in that aspect. So that's 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 a good thing for the win. It's a non-conference game, so that doesn't really make much difference there. Um, but I will tell you what it does make a difference is is it was a litmus test where where we are at at this moment. We are not where I want our team to be later in the season. We have a long way to grow. All right, a huge thank you to Coach Silkett for joining me on the podcast. So let's go over some quick stats here real quick. These are some unofficial stats, um, courtesy of Devin Albertson and Missouri 8-Man Football. So we're going to go over some stats here real quick. So um, for Platte Valley, first of all, Aiden Blackford won a night throughout the air. Um, 
I believe the stat said seven for eight for 136 yards throughout the air. Did have a touchdown. Did have a passing touchdown as well. And then the rushing game started coming in to play Mason Kastner, 92 yards on 12 carries for two touchdowns. Aiden Blackford, uh, tremendous on the ground as well. 86 yards, 10 carries, had two rushing touchdowns of his own there for Platte Valley. Um, for Worth County, Tyler New, a tremendous workhorse. Um, New went 7 for 16 through, on, on, through the air for 91 yards and three touchdowns. Did have that interception there in the fourth quarter, but then Ty, um, New went 22 carries for 182 yards for two more touchdowns. Five total touchdowns on the evening for Tyler New. Um, Going to be a player to be reckoned with in eight-man football. One of the top two quarterbacks in eight-man football with him and Archie's Breyer McIntyre. Those are going to be two quarterback names there. But then um, Grant McIntyre for Worth County had three catches for 41 yards and two touchdowns of his own. So that will do it for our recap there for Platte Valley and Worth County. It's going to be kind of interesting to see where the eight-man poll kind of looks heading into Monday morning as I started reading the rest of these scores here. Let's read down the rest of our week one score sheet here. Um, in the city of St. Joseph, 11-man football. Central was able to go 1-0 on the season by defeating Ruskin, 38-13. Benton shuts out Kansas City Northeast, 44-0. Cardinals and Indians will meet next week at Noise Field. Both those teams are 1-0 on the season, though. How about Lafayette giving a great effort against Kansas City Center tonight? Uh, unfortunately, falling to center, the Yellow Jackets, 20-7 to was the final on that one. How about this game in Ozark tonight? Savannah and Portageville at a high-scoring game. Savages were able to come up with a 35-34 to win. Savages getting ready for a big showdown with East Buchanan next week there in Gower. Um, Blair Oaks and Maryville, this is always one of the top week one matchups every single year. Falcons were able to defeat the Spoofouts 41-14 was the final score. That game took place in Warrensburg on the campus of the University of Central Missouri. How about a big win for Cameron tonight? Going down to Kansas City on the blue turf tonight and shutting out Lincoln Prep 20 to nothing was the final score. And that one, Marshall over Chillicothe tonight, 19 to 16 as well. So we're gonna run down some KCI scores by themselves, just involving some KCI teams. So Midbuck over Midway tonight in Fawcett, 50 to 13 was the final score. Oak Grove all over Lawson, 47 to 7. Lathrop big win in Lexington tonight, defeating the Minutemen, 24 to 8. Lafayette County, one of the top teams in Class Two this season, defeating Penny, 34 to 6. And then we're going to actually get into a couple of GRC KCI crossover um, crossover games tonight. I'll get your thoughts, Jeremy, here in just a few minutes as we read down the, these KCI GRC crossover games, as well as um, the loan, um, the uh, Milan in Putnam County. We don't really cover their non-conference games on the Clip Notes podcast, but we will start covering them as far as conference play is concerned. So here's some 11-man scores involving some Grand River Conference teams. East Buchanan defeating South Harrison tonight, 42-8. That game took place in Lathrop tonight due to South Harrison doing some work on their bleacher section. So game shifted to Lathrop tonight. Bulldogs, East Buchanan wins the battle of the Bulldogs tonight, 42-8. North Platte over Gallatin tonight, 22-6. 
I think this could be a good season for North Platte. North Platte, um, for the last couple seasons, kind of, you know, we're on the, we're kind of the doormat of the KCI, but Jerry quickly really turned around this team in his first year with this program, getting them to six wins. They are 1-0 on the season, 22-6 over Gallatin. How about Polo shutting out West Platte tonight? 29 to nothing. That game took place on regional radio, KKWK, 100.1. Big time win for Kyle Ross and the Polo Panthers there, 29 to nothing. And then Trenton over Brookfield tonight, 36 to 18. So, Jeremy, I kind of want to get your thoughts real quick on these um, Grand River Conference 11 man scores. Anything that kind of sticks out to you? Well, I mean, the first one, uh, North Platte Gallatin might be a surprise to some people. Uh, especially people who might have fallen asleep a year ago and come out of a coma. Uh, but uh, it, it's not really that huge, as a, huge of a surprise uh, to people who really saw what North Platte did. North Platte returned a lot this year. Gallatin lost a lot. Um, the biggest concern for Gallatin this year, they still have a lot of talent, was staying healthy. And... Uh, Peyton Baker got injured uh, very early in the game t- tonight, uh, and so that really hurt Gallatin. Um, I don't know, you know, if he's going to be out uh, long term or not. Uh, what his prognosis is, but um, you know, I think that really hurt them. And, and North Platte is a very, t- very talented team, and you know, they they basically took advantage of them having their starting quarterback out. Uh, I, I, I w- I'm not overly shocked that uh, North Platte defeated them. Um, I, I thought North Platte even had a shot against them if if Gallatin was completely healthy. Uh, so with with Baker going out, you know that that doesn't surprise me. Um, Polo West Platte. I, I thought it would be a closer game uh, for Polo. They have you know they finished last in the GRC last year. So you know they they basically have to prove something but they returned almost everyone so they have some skilled players uh they have some talent they were just very young and made a lot of mistakes last year and they've got a very good coach in kyle ross um west platte lost a lot of players this year and so you know i west polo beat west platte last year but uh they beat them uh, what what might be called a little bit of luck when they when they were down and and, and scored on a um, on a fourth and very long or, or extended a drive on a fourth and very long and then ended, ended up scoring so it was a little bit of a surprise that uh, Polo shut them out and, and beat them handily uh, not a surprise that Polo beat them uh, but just the score was a little bit of a surprise um, the other two uh, Trenton. Uh, even though they lost a lot, uh, Brookfield just is not a very good team. Um, it's not a, not a surprise that Trenton beat them. Um, and so that, that one, I'm not surprised. And then East Buchanan and South Harrison. Um, South Harrison's picked to finish last in the, in the GRC this year. East Buchanan, uh, you know, is defending two-time state champion. Um, that, that's not really a surprise on the score. You know, one, one notable thing about that is, um, you know, South Harrison was working on their bleachers, so they had to move the game. Uh, but then they asked East Buchanan if they could move it there, and East Buchanan said, well, no, we're also working on our bleachers too. We can't have it here. So they had to find a neutral site. So both, both of them apparently were working on their bleachers, and uh, neither one of them could have the game, so that's why they ended up having a Lathrop. So that was really no, more notable than the score. Yeah, absolutely. Here we got um, We're gonna run down our eight-man scores. The rest of our eight-man scores, besides the one that we actually went to tonight. So, how about this game? This is a little bit of a shootout. 
Uh, Bishop LeBlanc, 58. North Shelby, 42. Um, this game was actually tied at 36 at the half. So, a lot of scoring between these two teams. Golden Eagles get a big first win on the season, 58-42 to 42 over North Shelby. Um, good confidence um, for a younger roster there at Bishop LeBlanc having to replace some um, four-year stalwarts such as Landon Gardner and Jake Carell. Um, big time. Um, still some good young talent there at Bishop LeBlanc there, but that's a big win. Big first step there for those young kids there at Bishop LeBlanc looking to prove themselves as they look to make another run if they want to get back to the eight-man state championship game. So how about a win for St. Joe Christian tonight? St. Joe Christian, you know, they broke a 33-game losing streak a year ago. They're 1-0 this season. They defeat Leif um, DeKalb 54-12 was the final score in that one. How about this one might be a little bit of a shocker. This might be one of the biggest shockers of the evening here. Nottaway Valley defeating North Andrew tonight, 32 to 8. I mean, you know, we're looking at teams of the week. This might very well be a candidate there. Big time win there for Nottaway Valley. They're 32 to 8 over the defending Missouri Eight-Man Football State Champion North Andrew, a team that lost almost all of its roster from a year ago, but you know, big-time win there. Hats off to Nottaway Valley for a big win there. I know North Andrew will be back, though. That will be a – that's a big win there for Nottaway Valley. East Atchison over King City, 54-6. to And that one, Albany over Stewartsville, Osborne, 70-24. to South Holt over – or South Holt over Princeton in a shootout tonight, 58-50. to Tigers of Princeton making the move to eight-man football after some low numbers last season. Competed in a shootout there with South Holt. They're 58 to 50 there in Princeton. The Knights were able to win that one. Then our final eight-man score of the evening: 42 to 8 Stanbury over Mount City tonight. 42 to 8. So Jeremy, just give me um, your thoughts here. Um, all these games for the most part were GRC Highway 275 crossover games tonight. So just give me your thoughts on just the eight-man portion um, involving Grand River Conference teams. Yeah, so the, the, just a little bit of uh, information uh, before I get into the scores. Uh, so for those who don't know, um, this year the, the GRC, or, or more specifically, they're called the GRC West now um, on the eight-man side. Uh, they have um, uh, eight eight schools or eight football schools uh, North Harrison uh, co-ops with Pattonsburg so there's actually nine schools in the GRC West but eight of them play football uh, 275 has eight football schools now Southwest Livingston moved on uh, to the CRC uh, so so both of them now have eight schools it's it's the first time they they have that and so they got together and and they decided to do this uh, scheduling crossover this year and um, so both of them will have seven conference games. They'll play those in weeks three through nine. Uh, but in weeks one and two, they're going to have crossover games. And uh, in week one, uh, 275 teams are, are playing at GRC schools. Week two, uh, the GRC schools are going to be playing at 275. So all the GRC schools hosted this week next week the 275 schools are going to be hosting so that's just a little bit of information um i know it's going to be at least a two year they're going to be doing it again next year I, I assume they'll reevaluate it after that to determine you know if that's something they'll continue 
uh, but it is going to be something that is, is going to happen this year and next year. Um, so with that, uh, we'll talk about the scores. I'm going to start with North Andrew. Um, North Andrew defending state champions. Um, obviously, they went through last season, won all their games. Um, you know, there are a couple that were close with Worth County. Uh, you know, they, they did have a, a little bit of a, a battle with Albany, but were able to pull away. Uh, but, you know, they they were one of the best teams we've seen in, in a while in, in eight-man football. But, you know, they lost the best player in to the probably the two best players uh, last year. Uh, the offensive player of the year in Hayden Ecker, uh, defensive player of the year in Jacob Chittum. And so, and, and I believe 10, 10 all-conference players on that team. When you lose, when you have an eight-man team and you lose 10 all-conference players, that's a lot of players to lose on an eight-man team. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you usually don't say you rebuild at North Andrew. Um, they were, a lot of people think, thought, think they're going to be good this year. Uh, they were ranked number three in the media poll. Um, so it, it's a surprise to a lot. But I know uh, coming up today, you were not sold on North Andrew. Uh, so maybe this isn't a surprise to you. It surprised, surprised a lot of people. I don't know what, it's, what it says about North Andrew. I don't know what it says about Nottoway Valley. You know, Nottoway Valley, there, there are a lot of people in the Nottoway Valley camp thinks thinks they're a lot better than what they're getting credit for. Um, you know, uh, I would say Devin Alberson, who is a Nottoway Holt uh, graduate, so, you know, which is part of the Nottoway Valley Co-op, I think he told me he was a little bit surprised by this. Uh but maybe it's it's just something where he he maybe it's just hard to believe that you know they might be as good as they are. So it's a little bit hard to 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 know what to think of that game. So we'll see what happens in the following weeks uh, to see whether this was uh, whether this is really good Nottoway Valley, whether it's bad North Andrew, whether it's just something where you know they're they're just off to a, a, a rough start because they have a lot of new players getting together. But let me clarify something real quick here before we talk about you know. Um Meme not being sold on North Andrew. I mean, you know, that's not a slight on North Andrew. That's um, the fact that they did graduate. I mean, that was a tremendous senior class they yes. just lost. I mean, when you lose guys like Jacob Chittam and Hayden Ecker and um, Andrew Goff and Dawson Eichner, I mean, you know, losing guys like that, Aiden Miller, um, Colin Patterson, I mean, I could run down the list. I mean, yeah. losing those guys, those guys had a tremendous impact on the program. And when you lose guys like that, that leaves a hole in your program. So, you know, it's not anything that I thought North Andrew was going to be terrible. It's just I didn't really see North Andrew as a number three team in the Missouri AMF football poll. But I don't vote in the Missouri AMF football poll. I'll tell you that right now. But, you know, I do think North Andrew, um, I think this is a team that I think will get better as the season will go on. So, I just want to clarify that stance on that real quick before I have North Andrew people jumping on me <laughs> yeah. and the conclusion of this podcast whenever this gets dropped. So, Jeremy, other thoughts on other Grand River Conference scores? So, I'll, so the next one I want to talk about is uh, St. Joe Christian. Uh, 54-12 win over DeKalb. Um, I know when I was listening to Devin Albertson's uh, preview, you know, he picked DeKalb. Um, I, I talked to a few St. Joe Christian uh, fans and parents you know, they they had, I would say, some confidence coming into the year. Thought that, you know, they only won one game last year and ended a long losing streak. And um, they had some confidence. They, they circled some games on their schedule and, and thought maybe they could win um, about 
uh, four or five games this year. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of skepticism to that. I mean, you won one game last year. You know, you're going to increase it to four or five this year. Um, I can say I may not have been as sold on that as uh, as some of them in, in the program. I may be a little bit more sold on that now. Um, now, it was DeKalb. Uh, DeKalb is, is, is not a world beater by any means. But when you look at their schedule and, and you look at some of the other teams they're going to play, you look at some of the some of what other schools in the GRC has lost. This is not this is not the juggernaut in the GRC like it has been in the past. Um, you know, I, I think that they might have a shot. They return a lot this year from last last year's team, and they had they have a freshman class that was was very talented last year in junior high, and beat everybody they played except for Worth County. So, you know, it is a it is a, a team that has some talent. They're still very young. Um, but it might be a team that might surprise some people this year. Uh, I mean, it's already surprised with the score. Not not surprised that they beat DeKalb, just surprised by the score of 54 to 12 in that game. So that's actually a wrap-up on our um, on our high school football scoreboard as far as our Friday night football scores. Uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to run down once again. I'm going to run down one more time just the Missouri um, district classifications, at least on the football side. But then we're going to run down the schedule for tomorrow. we got lots of softball and volleyball tournaments going on tomorrow. Um, I'm actually going to a volleyball tournament in Albany, the Bill Hill Memorial Tournament. I'm actually going to that. Softball. Softball tournament. Yes, softball tournament. Thank you, Jeremy. So the Bill Hill Memorial Softball Tournament, I'll be going to that tomorrow, at least for a part of it, as we get into the 7th, 5th, 3rd, and championship games. I'll be there for that as well as I will be going to the maysville Plattsburgh game at 11 a.m. on Saturday as well. Um, when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to run down the football classifications and districts, and we'll run down the um, volleyball and softball tournament schedule tomorrow when we get back here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. This portion of the Cliff Notes Podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, John Anderson Insurance, Meyerhofer Funeral Home and Crematory, Miljavik Electric, Musser Construction in Gower, Greg Kastner, Voice of the Bishop LeBlanc Golden Eagles and the St. Joseph Mustangs, Brett and Angie Lawson, Amber and Travis DeBoard, Jason and Mary Watkins, Matt and Jenny Busby, Brian and Rebecca Viertaler, Fruit and Thought Primary Care, Michelle Cook Group, Russell Book and Bookball 365, James L. Griffin Law Firm LLC in Maysville, Toby Prusman of Premier Land Sales, Hicks and Klein Funeral Home of Gower, KT Logistics LLC, Janelle Glidewell of Lightstar Financial, and BTs in Embroidery. Thank you guys so much for your contribution to the Cliff Notes Podcast. Alrighty, we are back here on the Cliff Notes podcast here. Um, that was a wrap-up on the Friday night week one high school football schedule. A couple games on Saturday still to go, but the other big story coming out of today other than the opening of high school football season was the releasing of the classifications and district uh, by the Missouri State Activities Association throughout all of the fall sports. So, I actually put a video out on my Facebook page earlier today breaking down all the districts, everything from football to golf to 
to swimming to all that stuff is on the on the Facebook page there. But we're gonna quickly run down all the districts for football real quick. Um, once again, so Class Six District Eight will be Central Oak Park, Park Hill, Park Hill South, and Staley. So that will be in Class Six. We don't have any teams in Class Five. So we're going to move to Class 4, and that will be Benton, Excelsior Springs, Kearney, Kirksville, Lafayette, Savannah, and Smithville. That is Class 4, District 8. Let's move on to Class 3, District 8. will be Cameron, Chillicothe, Maryville, Kansas City Northeast, Pembroke Hill, Richmond, and St. Pius X. Class 2, District 8, Brookfield, East Buchanan making the move from Class 1 to Class 2. Bulldogs will be joined by Lathrop, Lawson, Mid-Buchanan, South Harrison, and Trenton there in Class 2, District 8. Now, Class 1 is going to be downsizing districts this year. 36 teams in total in Class 1. So, um, 36 teams, 4 districts. So, Class 1, District 4 will be Gallatin, Marceline, Maysville, Milan, Penny, Putnam County, Salisbury, Scotland County and Westrin will be in Class 1, District 4. Class 1, District 3 will be Crestridge, Lincoln, Midway, North Platte, Polo, Skyline, Wellington, Napoleon, West Platte, and Windsor. So let's go into the 8-man districts now. 8-man District 8, Knox County, North Shelby, Paris, Princeton, and Schuyler County. But then here's one of the tougher districts in 8-man football. How about 8-man District 7? It will be Albany, King City, Pattonsburg, Platte Valley, Stanbury, and Worth County. And then let's move on now to 8-man District 6. It will be Mound City, North Andrew, Rockport, South Holt, Tarkio, and Nottoway Valley. So Tarkio is actually the East Atchison co-op. That's Tarkio and Fairfax there. So they have it down as Tarkio there in the Misha classifications there. So 8-man District 5, that will conclude our local districts, will be Bishop LeBlonde, DeKalb, Plattsburgh, St. Joe Christian, and Stewartsville. So let's run down some volleyball um, volleyball and softball tournaments that we have on the schedule. One of the big volley, um, softball tournaments that we have on the schedule is going to be the Cameron Tournament. Now, this was actually supposed to be the... Friday and Saturday, and then it was supposed to be pool play on Friday, a bracket on Saturday, but now it is going to be um, a pool play only for the camera tournament. So that will begin on Saturday. So also on Saturday will be the, um, let's go into softball here real quick. The Plattsburgh Varsity Softball Tournament will be in Plattsburgh. So Let's go. Let's before we do that. Let's go over those teams in Maysville real quick. How about this lineup of teams here? We got Marceline, Lawson, South Harrison, Mid Buchanan, Central, Savannah, Excelsior Springs, Benton, Platte Valley, Trenton, Penny, Maysville, Lathrop, DeKalb, and Cameron. I actually heard about multiple. District district champions and runners-up in that lineup that I just ran up there alone for the camera tournament. So that's the lineup for the camera tournament. We'll have all the results of that on the Cliff Notes podcast on tomorrow on Saturday's edition, Saturday night's edition of the Post-it Notes. So 
Also, we got the Plattsburgh Varsity Softball Tournament will be starting at 9 a.m. at Plattsburgh High School. That will include the host school Plattsburgh, Bishop LeBlanc, Maryville, and Polo will all be a part of that. Um, the tournament that I'll be at for a little bit will be the Bill Hill Memorial Invitational T- Softball Tournament in Albany. So that's going to be Gallatin, Stanbury, Princeton, Worth County, North Andrew, Albany, King City, and North Harrison, all Grand River Conference teams. And since we're talking about all Grand River Conference teams, Jeremy, um, I'll get your thoughts here on this field here for the Bill Hill Memorial Invitational. So Gallatin's a one seed in there, and I and I saw Gallatin and Princeton, uh, who I think Princeton's like a four seed in there uh, at the uh, Jamboree. Um, I think Princeton's underseeded. I think Gallatin is talented. I think Gallatin's going to be really good this year. I think I think Princeton might be the team to beat. Uh, maybe up there with North Andrew, possibly with King City in the in the GRC West. Um, Gallatin. I, they might be able to challenge South Harrison in the GRC. Uh, I think they might be a little bit better than Polo this year. Uh, you know, Polo is losing a little bit, uh, but I think they're going to be really good. But uh, as I said, I think Princeton's a little underseeded in that tournament. I, I think they're going to be really good this year as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. What a year the Grand River Conference had in softball last year. I mean, you know, I looked at the records for these teams. I mean, you're not even talking teams like Pattonsburg and Polo who aren't even in this tournament. I mean, these are some teams that played exceptional softball last season. All of them did. So, what? Uh, I mean, what is it about the what is it about softball in the Grand River Conference? I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely been a strong conference. I mean, two years ago, um, in I think in districts 13 through 16 in Class One, um, all of the the uh, champions and runner-ups were GRC teams uh, in in those four districts. So it, when you got to the district championship games, it was guaranteed that there would be a GRC team in the final four at that point because the eight teams that were left on that side of the bracket were all GRC teams. Um, GRC has just been a very strong softball, and, and now I mean now it'll be two conferences. But even between the two conferences, um, GRC has just been always a strong softball conference. And you know, last year you saw Polo and King City playing each other to to go to state. Uh, South Harrison and Gallatin were strong last year. Uh, Gallatin probably gave Polo its its biggest battle uh, before state last year. Took them to extra innings. Um, and, and South Harrison, you know, is. is is really a state contender this year, uh, and and so you know I, I think uh, you know we're we're just going to continue to see strong softball uh, you know th- this year as well. Yeah, that's going to be an incredible tournament. I'm actually kind of looking forward to making the trip from St. Joe to Albany. Actually, technically making the trip from Plattsburgh to Albany there because I'll be at Plattsburgh football. So looking forward to seeing those teams there and I'm looking forward to seeing some good competition there in the Bill Hill Memorial Invitational. So um, we got one more softball tournament that we're actually going to look at here is the North Platte Softball Invitational. Now these are this is a four team um, round robin four teams here it will be the Hull School North Platte along with East Buchanan, Lexington and Pattonsburg are going to be in the North Platte Softball Invitational, though those games start there in Dearborn at 8 a.m. on Saturday. So a couple of volleyball tournaments that we're actually going to be looking at as well. Um, we got the East Atchison Volleyball Tournament. Now, there's a couple of um, 
couple of city teams that are actually in this tournament. Here we got both Benton and St. Joe Christian a part of this tournament. So um, it will be um, the host school East, Atch East Atchison. Also, you got St. Joe Christian. You got Benton, Rockport, South Holt, Mound City, Nottoway Valley, and then Fremont Mills out of Iowa is going to be a part of that as well. And then we got the... Um, we got the KCI um, volleyball tournament that is going to be um, in Lawson this year. And let me pull up the bracket to that here real quick. I actually have that here on my phone. So that's going to involve all of the all eight of the KCI, all eight of the KCI teams that will take place in Lawson. So Lawson, Lathrop, Midbuck, and Penny are in one pool, and then East Buck, West Platte, Plattsburgh, and North Platte. Are in another pool. All those tournaments that we just talked about, we will keep you updated and we will actually bring you scores. Jeremy will update you on the Grand River Conference social media pages and I'll keep you updated. We'll have those scores on the Cliff Notes podcast on the Post it Notes on the Saturday night edition of the Post it Notes. So that will do it for tonight's episode. Want to thank um, Jeremy. Um, thank you so much once again for letting me um, tag along with you to. Long trip to Grant City. Um, and also, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and uh, filling a lot of the time here. I'm happy to join you. So, that will do it for tonight's episode. We will be back tomorrow night with another edition of the Post It Hotel. I hope everybody stayed safe. Hope everybody stayed hydrated and cool tonight. And until tomorrow night, take care, everybody. And we'll see you on the next Post It Notes on the Cliff Notes podcast.